Welcome to Creativity, the podcast where art and engineering collide. In this podcast, we discuss our personal endeavors ranging from woodworking to electronics, art, and life in general. My name is Jeremy S. Cook, and this is my co-host, Max Maker. Hi, everybody. Our special guest tonight is Andy George from the How to Make Everything YouTube channel. Hi, thanks for having me. As engineers, we always start from today's technology and see where we can go. But what if we had to start over from scratch? Andy has learned about this, and we're thrilled to talk to him about this fascinating subject. So Andy, can, can you tell us a little about yourself and, and what you do? Um, yeah, so my YouTube channel is basically explores the, uh, the question of what if you couldn't buy something? And what if you couldn't buy any of the ingredients and you had to start all the way from scratch? Uh, what would that take and what, how would it turn out? And the answer is usually it's very hard and turns out pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so what's the farthest back you've ever taken anything? I mean, have you, you know, say, uh, gotten you know, iron ore out of the ground and, and produced steel? Or how far have you taken this? Um, for most, most, most of my projects, I try and start from as, a, as the ingredients are naturally available. So um, basically um, either growing it myself or going somewhere where somebody else is growing it or finding uh, the mineral source. Um, I did try and get iron once. I went to an iron mine in northern Minnesota, and uh, they let me give me a tour and show me some of the iron, but they wouldn't really let me take any, so um, <laughs> couldn't actually mine it myself. And then I did a really horrible job of turning it into actual iron, and hopefully to revisit that at some point and actually do it a little bit better. Um, but usually, usually the ground rule I have is as it's naturally available. And there's, there's some flexibility on that. Um, I don't raise too many animals from scratch, from birth or whatever. And um, um, so it's usually kind of assuming like you could find a cow in the wild, theoretically. So I'm going to go to a dairy farm and milk it. <laughs> nice. so, so you say you did a horrible job at that. Did you actually get iron from it? I mean, that's still quite an accomplishment. Uh, I, I, I think so. It, it was magnetic in the end. Um, so okay. there's like a lump of, uh, probably to the, the Smith we were working with afterwards. Um, and he, he's like, well, yeah, you made l really bad iron, but it is iron. So that's all that counts. I'm, I'm sure you know the channel, uh, primitive technology. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy that makes stuff from, he, he does really from scratch, doesn't he? I think he's coming close to iron soon. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy that makes me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. I was watching your uh, some stuff about you. Now, you, you started out in chemical engineering, correct? And then you switched to uh, f filmmaking, or is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, when I was in high school, I took a bunch of college courses with the intent of going to chemical engineering and then got two years into it and was like, I kind of want to do something more creative and ended up going into video making. And now um, that eventually led to being on YouTube and doing this project has now led to me uh, um, going back into chemical engineering and really wishing I'd finished that degree. That's, that's just interesting. So I was watching that and I actually started out in chemical engineering myself, but I, um, I switched to mechanical. I guess, that's, I guess that's the closest I got to something creative. I don't know. <laughs> but did you do creative stuff before while you were in school? Um, Anything with videos? When I was in school for chemical engineering, or no, uh, no I mean in, in general, because you said you started off uh, studying um, chemical engineering, and then you wanted to be, do something creative. But didn't you? Weren't you a creative person before? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I always kind of kind of dabbled in stuff, but I, I didn't 
really dive too deep into it. Um, I thought mostly I just like to make things and just kind of anything in general. So I thought chemical engineering, I kind of like chemistry and it's engineering, so it's making stuff. So maybe I'll like that. And I got into it and it's just very technical, more technical than I was expecting. And it was, then I was started looking at other things and it was around that time that I just started playing around making videos with friends. And it's like, I, I like this as a medium and um, kind of went, decided to go to college for that instead and uh, kind of has slowly evolved into what I'm doing now. Yeah, well, we noticed you you, uh, you started on TV, actually, right? Yeah, uh, we actually... So I, I started the project, actually, five years ago when I made the sandwich from scratch. It was just a project I was doing on the side. Um, so I'd finished... I went to school for mostly post-production work and then got jobs... Uh, worked, worked at a few different ad agencies doing advertisements and stuff in town here in Minneapolis and um, <clears throat> got kind of bored of that. So I, on the side, kind of wanted to go into documentary filmmaking. So I feel um, <clears throat> um, uh, so I, I figured out in my free time, I'd just uh, start some sort of documentary project just to get going in that direction. And that's where I started the Sandwich um, documentary. Um, and just did that for most of a year, basically. And um, when I was done, I was like, this, is, this was a lot of fun. It's really cool. And I could apply this concept to so many other, other different things. And I, I put the, the, the sandwich one into um, local documentary or local film festival and got the local producer saw it. And she thought, like, this could totally be on TV. And, like, she had some connections and uh, to, to some networks and tried pitching it to them. Didn't end up going anywhere, but then um, she put me in contact with some other people, and they had uh, uh, um, time space. They were able to get they had a connection to get us a time slot on a local television uh, station here. It was kind of an off-channel, secondary channel, and it was evenings on Saturday, so it wasn't the greatest. But we figured we'd just uh, turn turn it into a series, kind of show what it could be, and uh, make it make it on uh, television. And hopefully, get picked up for something bigger. And uh, at the end of that, uh, not much really happened. And uh, then we kind of transitioned to maybe maybe it'll, something will happen on YouTube. And then um, it was uh, that fall that uh, I cut together our, the whole sandwich thing down to cut it down from like 30 minutes to three minutes and threw it on Reddit and it just went viral and uh, got like a couple of million views in just a few days, I think. Wow. It's really cool. So, you know, to us, you know, it looks like you've been extremely successful at YouTube, but do you, do you feel like you still need to grow quite a bit or do you feel like you've accomplished something awesome or what, what does that look like to you? Um, I mean, kind of had the, after our initial viral success, we had kind of a challenge of like trying to make this sustainable and keep it going because it, it is hugely time consuming and um, to produce enough content for YouTube, you have to be doing it almost full time. So um, that first year was a huge struggle. And like we, after going viral, we started like 60,000 subscribers, which starting from nothing is a huge jump. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, going, going from there, it, like you need to be a bit bigger to like even be on people's radar. And um, so we started off this year, like, not sure, like, can we continue doing this? Or is this just going to be kind of a part-time hobby? Maybe we'll do one or two projects a year and that's it. Um, 
but as a, so I decided I was going to like dedicate, we're going to do it full, full on this year, try and produce as much as we can, kind of try to play to the YouTube algorithm as much as possible and grow and have this kind of number. I had roughly estimated like if we can reach this, then we can actually afford to do this full time. And we're like just reaching it right now. So um, in that regard, I feel like we're, we are finally kind of making it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and they're three of you, right? Uh, yeah. Yep, we're a three-person three team. Well, that's, that's awesome. So have you been doing this part-time this whole time? Uh, it's, I mean, I do freelance work doing video production, adver advertisement stuff, like I was doing before, basically. So it kind of comes and goes. Um, uh, they usually do like a month on whenever they need me. And um, that's when our videos usually become a little bit more sparse. Um, <laughs> so that, that usually helps pay the bills and kind of fill in um, whatever money I still need to actually pay the bills and everything. Um, but it's it's basically been a full-time job this year just to make it make as much content as we've been trying to make. Yeah, something that we discovered with our uh, the previous guests as well was that even if we don't get paid for this, we still do it because we like it. Like we do other jobs to pay for YouTube mm -hmm. if YouTube doesn't pay off. Yeah, and that's as I definitely enjoy doing this. Uh, it just if I had to have a full time job, I would not be able to do nearly as much as I do now. Yeah, because your your videos are so elaborate. Like it, they always uh, seem to me uh, to to involve a road trip, and I always wonder like how does he manage that? He he goes to so many places. He goes to a farm to uh, to get uh, sh sugarcane. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the Caribbean was it? Mexico? Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Like going all the way there just for a video that that seemed incredible to me. Like the effort you put into your videos. Yeah, and uh, I mean when you're committed to doing it all the way from scratch, it kind of forces you to have to travel a fair amount of places um so we try and do it and arrange it in the way that it is most uh, economical like when we went to mexico we shot like five different series there we shot one on coffee and chocolate and okay. tequila and cochineal and mm. so we collected as much as we could while we were there for future episodes that like we're only doing the cochineal now and that was like almost two years ago that we actually were in mexico um and th then we just recently did a trip to utah and we collected a bunch of stuff and We've only used like a third of it so far. We still have a bunch of other stuff uh, for future future. Just episodes. in case, <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me pick this flower. We might use it one day. Yeah, that's basically it. It was kind of a mad scrabble. Like, okay, we're gonna go to Utah. What is everything we might possibly need for the next twenty years? <laughs> oh yeah. So so just like you know, doing this, you know, having to go to you know Mexico and Utah, various other places. You know, you think about it, you go to the you go to the grocery store and you can get some food that. You know, kings couldn't have gotten 200 years ago, and the, just their variety. Has that given you a big appreciation for that? Yeah, uh, and I think it's always surprising what is easily available and what isn't. Uh, I, I learned that firsthand just in the beginning when I did the sandwich because I needed salt. And I live in Minnesota, which isn't anywhere near an ocean, and there aren't any natural salt deposits nearby. So I had like this simple thing that's like on everybody's table. I had to fly to the ocean to get just just salt <laughs> wow yeah i guess i guess i don't think about that i mean i'm from florida so it's it's pretty close to, <laughs> close to where i am but yeah, yeah. <laughs> aren't there salt mines somewhere don't don't people mine it too is that is that correct or am i yeah yeah we had the, when we were in utah we had the opportunity of going to one um but there aren't any near minnesota or at least too close and 
not all of them are open to <laughs> random people coming down and collecting some themselves. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Let me just get some salt from your mind. Is that, is that cool with you? <laughs> yeah. So the salt, is that like uh, one of the most more difficult things? Or what, what did you find was the most difficult to obtain or to, uh, to create? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Everything has its own unique challenge. Um, getting the iron ore uh, was pretty pretty difficult just to process that. Um, I've, I've had an ongoing difficulty just making clear glass out of uh, raw materials. It's kind of an ongoing project that I think I'm pretty pretty much have solved now, hopefully. Um, so you're still not giving up, yeah? <laughs> nope. <laughs> we got... <laughs> we got basically clear glass when i went out to utah and worked with uh the two other youtubers there and, yeah uh, so i think cody and the uh, king of random yep yep and uh i think just one more try just give it one more shot at some point and uh, get it all oh, set up awesome. I, i hope you finally get these glasses that you use on your thumbnail because <laughs> your thumbnails they look so amazing yeah it's like the, the full suit i'm like wow this suit looks amazing he really <laughs> pulled it off and then i watched the video <laughs> and you look like robinson crusoe at the i always feel like i'm being a little deceptive with the thumbnails but at the same time i don't want to spoil how it turns out <laughs> yeah you got to get people to click right so that's yeah so that's the name of the game i guess well so so doing this you know s certain people get credit for inventing things you know wright brothers invented the airplane but What do you think about the people who came before that? I mean, who should, obviously they had to have the correct internal combustion engine to be able to get the power to do it. Have that, has that ever crossed your mind about how things just go back and back and back, you know, as far as the process of invention and, and making things, I guess? Yeah, definitely. And I, I find just trying to like reverse engineer everything, it's always just mind blowing. Just like, how did somebody figure this out? Like there's this entire process you have to go through to make chocolate of like fermenting and roasting. And it's like, how, how did somebody know to take this fruit off of a tree and do all of that <laughs> to make a delicious chocolate? It's, it's so uh, kind of mind blowing that how much work has gone into figuring this out. And it's true of uh, almost everything like glass. Like how did we figure out how to make glass? Who took some sand and some uh, other materials and melted at a super high temperature, and you get something clear? It's it's mind blowing. It's a lot of accidents, isn't it? It's almost like evolution. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing. Just it, there is a very slow progression of like how they did figure it out. That kind of helps make it some sense, but still, there is. Uh, it, It really shows like how how many how many centuries of knowledge where uh, everything is based off of. And now you've got the ability to combine all this knowledge and make so many things from scratch. You know, not just one, not just glass. You make a sandwich, you make glass, you make cotton, you make all this stuff. Yeah, and uh, I think that's one thing I've I've definitely discovered besides just like the centuries of knowledge that go into modern things, is the specialization that uh, the people are just specialize in one little area and like for me uh somebody with no experience to come in and try and make something and try and like attempt all these different areas all at once without any without like sp spending my life learning that skill it's uh it kind of just shows how interconnected all of society is and how all of us are needed to have what we have here today it's also brave you know to tackle all these challenges what what keeps you going how You know, why did you not say, okay, I give up, this is not going to work? What, what keeps you going there? Um, I think just my own curiosity. It's like every time I do a project, it's just, uh, 
I just learned so many interesting things like you never even think to ask about ordinary everyday objects. And I think as I might get frustrated with one and it might might fail, but then I like look at something else and like, well, how is that made? And I, I want to learn and I want to explore like what what went into making that. And uh, I think it's just kind of a unyielding thirst for knowledge of all these ordinary everyday things. So you work on multiple projects at once, right? Yeah, uh, it's just because of the seasonality of different crops and uh, different like traveling to places and having to get everything we can at once that we have to have kind of a whole year at least planned out and uh, be working on everything at once. Sounds sounds very professional for YouTuber. Because <laughs> <laughs> the two of us at the moment, we, we do, uh, you know, stuff as we go along. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like we're going to workshop tonight, so I, I won't. <laughs> But it, obviously you do it as a full-time job, so you need to be more organized. Yeah, it's 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 a huge hassle to keep everything organized and straight and um, make sure you're figuring out every little detail in case you miss something. Because you always miss something. There's always something that comes up. Uh, like you do as much research as you can, and then you when you actually go into executing it, then you realize, oh, this there's not enough information about this one thing, or this thing doesn't happen like they said it would. And then you have to adapt, and uh, sometimes things just don't work out. <laughs> And how do you do your research? Do you go online or do you talk to experts? Uh, it's a combination of uh, usually start online, just finding as much information as possible, sometimes go into books, uh, see what I can find at the library. Um, it, usually the best result is if you can find an expert who is familiar with it and um, has knowledge, first-hand knowledge. Um, but some topics, it's like so rare Uh, the, there are no experts. Like for the glass making, we worked with a glass maker, and like he like had read stuff about how it might have been done that he shared with us. <laughs> but like nobody, nobody makes their glass all the way from scratch, or at least nobody we've been able to find. So it's kind of a lost, lost knowledge. And uh, <laughs> so we're kind of putting together uh, like old Roman textbook stuff and trying to kind of figure it out and everything and doesn't, doesn't always work out right. So, so doing all this, you know, you, you would research inventions, how people made things. What do you think is the most important invention of the say past thousand years? What do you think that, that is? Uh, I guess covering glass has really opened my ideas of like how important it was. Um, like when it was first started, it was, mostly just made for like a drinking glass so you can see your wine and the quality of it um, but then like how it evolved and like allows you to make glasses to correct your vision and eventually used to as a microscope to see a whole invisible world and then telescopes to see far off distant planets and it's it's an amazing attribute of just basically hot sand <laughs> yeah did, did you ever read about the Hubble telescope uh, and, and, and the story of that They put a giant glass lens uh, in the Hubble telescope, or a mirror, but they ground it to the wrong specifications, and then oh, they yeah. send it up to space, <laughs> and then they notice the, the images they get back, uh, they're actually blurred. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember hearing something but, about that. Yeah, it really, like, if the audience is um, interested in that, you should really um, look that up on Wikipedia. It's a great story, a great engineering story as well, because they managed to keep that broken glass, uh, broken mirror, in space and actually adapt one more part, um, send it up there and then take the right pictures. Oh, that was an expensive mistake, I guess. So do we then talk about what we've been working on? Yeah, progress, I think. So Andy, what have you been working on this week? Uh, 
nothing too hands-on this week. I'm actually mostly still cleaning up from last week's project with the candy corn. Um, <laughs> and then I'm working on editing the uh, uh, ne- next couple of videos, which are wrapping up our cosmetic series, and then doing some preliminary uh, research and uh, pre-production on um, our Thanksgiving special, where I'll be attempting to make uh, a tofurkey from scratch. A, a what? Tofurkey? Oh, like to- tofu turkey? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Last year, or okay. a couple years ago, we did, um, we actually hunted my own turkey and uh, did a meal with that. And uh, every time I use an animal product, I always get like tons of hate comments from vegetarians and vegans. <laughs> so I figured... <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch these videos. I, I eat meat, of course. I'm not a vegetarian, but I don't <laughs> want to watch that either. Yeah, so I thought this year we'd uh, placate them and uh, <laughs> see what it would take to make a vegan uh, Thanksgiving dinner. It's a good idea. That's, yeah, I, I agree. It's a good idea. I, I got to ask, though, when you when you got these turkeys, if I can ask, did you actually did, did you make the uh, the bow and stuff? Or what, what did you use to... to I don't want to even say kill them now. Now that it sounds cruel, but <laughs> what'd you use to catch them? Uh, I, I used a gun when hunting. Oh, okay. Well, that's an easy enough solution. The American way. <laughs> yeah, the American. That's right. <laughs> you, you said you clean. You cleaned up your um, your kitchen. I guess is it your your kitchen? Yep. I uh, yeah. live in an apartment. It really looked. Like, it is, really looked messy. Yeah. Yeah. I made a huge <laughs> mess doing that one. <laughs> And a lot of your processes involve boiling down the water for hours, right? Yeah, it seems to be a recurring theme for uh, a few different projects. Fortunately, gas is included in my rent, so I don't have to pay for all that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so what do your neighbors think about your exploits? Have they asked any questions, or are they pretty, pretty oblivious? I think I've been able to keep it on the down low so far. <laughs> I haven't raised too many eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't murder those, those animals in your front yard. Yeah. <laughs> Do people actually uh, notice you, like on the street? Do they recognize you? Yeah, I've had a you? few people um, just around here in Minneapolis. Oh, wow. But I've also, when I've been traveling, uh, had somebody recognize me in Oregon, and uh, someone asked for their photo with me when I was in Vancouver. Oh, they didn't say, "How that dare you cool. murder that turkey?" <laughs> <laughs> nope, haven't met those fans yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thrown at with with red paint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, killing the animals is part of eating animals, mm-hmm. but I still, they, I no, no, watch they, they that. come from that the grocery store. <laughs> you don't. No, uh, nobody yeah. kills them. <laughs> they just show up, right? Isn't that? I mean, that's what you've learned from this experience, right? <laughs> so Jeremy, what have you been up to? So, uh, so this morning I put a new video on a, a case I made for my TS100 soldering iron. It, this. Um, this iron, I'm really happy with it compared to my, you know, $10 irons I've used before. So I think that kind of led to my hatred of soldering in the past. So that was a nice little, nice little change for me. Um, another big thing I've been working on, some changes on my Clearwalker Strand Beast, as uh, actually a, a TV show wanted to film it. So supposedly they're going to be filming it in a few days. So that'll be pretty pretty awesome as long as, long as oh, it wow. works during the day. Yeah. So they... Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, uh, part of what show is that? It was a show called The Daily Planet, which is a Canadian-based um, show on the Discovery Channel. And I guess they like to come to Florida in the winter and, and film people down here because it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really don't blame them, but um, it's... Uh, yeah. You know, so... <laughs> my, my parents are heading over there on Friday. <laughs> oh, really? What, what part of Florida are they going to yeah. be in? 
Uh, I'm not sure. The golf courses. Golf course. Okay, <laughs> yes. But yeah, those are the two things I've been working on. I Hopefully, I can get everything working correctly. It's always, you know, always a little bit nerve-wracking when I have somebody, some de- deadline to actually get something working. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm... But but the TV uh, show gig sounds really nice. Yeah, I'm really happy about it. They um, just kind of contacted me. And I guess I hate to like count, you know, you never know. Something could happen, but hopefully they'll be here and get to show off some of my stuff. So that'll be really cool. Yeah, make sure you, you plaster your logo on that strand beast. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's there. Don't, don't worry. All right, fair enough. My progress this week was that I finished the coffee table project. I didn't make a coffee table, but I finished the project by burning the pieces of wood <laughs> that I've been trying for one and a half years. So, But the people seem to really enjoy the video. I've got quite a lot of positive comments, so that makes me happy. That's really, really cool. I guess, well, I guess one thing, you know, we, we've, we asked all this, talked to you. Where do you think YouTube is going, you know, both maybe yourself and then just generally? Where do, where do you see the whole online TV, YouTube watching that I'd, I'd love to know what, what you think about that um i mean it's it's definitely different things are getting kind of shaken up with the whole adpocalypse thing and everything um i think it's hard to say what's going to happen i'm pretty skeptical any other platforms can be able to compete with youtube so i think youtube's kind of gonna has the lock of the market and uh hopefully they uh, start doing some things better and uh, it seems like a lot of content creators are getting pretty frustrated um, and I think Patreon is uh, kind of the saving grace and kind of what's going to allow people to keep going and keep doing. And it's kind of what I'm planning on doubling down on lately is uh, making the content more for Patreon than necessarily YouTube. Well, still also on YouTube, but it's okay. going to become more and more. What, what do you offer your Patreons? Uh, we've been experimenting with a few different rewards. Um some of the base ones are just like early access or like once I finish a rough cut, I'll throw it up there, let them see it and react to it. Um, do, do like stickers and posters and, um, uh, a Google hangout where they can talk to me directly. Um, okay. Things like that. Yeah. And uh, did, did you notice something especially successful? Uh, I think just being engaged and being honest and, uh, just, engagement i guess before this we had the patreon but it was kind of we were focusing on youtube and trying to grow this year that like we just kind of uh whenever we had time we did patreon and um i think we lost a lot of people there because we uh neglected them um so now going forward we're trying to focus and make make them like they're our primary audience from from here on yeah well i think that's a good idea because you know let those mm-hmm. pay that actually want the content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's nice to have that option too. You know, with YouTube yeah. Red or anything else, you know, somebody's got to pay for it. So why not let people choose? That's that's really really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it works for me. I'm getting one dollar a month currently. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's one euro, right? European dollar. So that's a little. That's no, like the, uh, no, like no, one ten. The one dollar, I bet I have to pay a hefty fee because they will send me a check one day. Then I have to get the uh, euro uh, dollar conversions, so somebody <laughs> gets like a ten percent cut of that, and I have to pay probably a fifteen euro fee at my bank to cash a check. So I end up paying <laughs> to get that one dollar. Well, you know, it's uh, with compound interest in several hundred years, that'll be lots of money, so, right? And I'm rich. Then you'll I'm be rich. rich. Yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I still I still keep going on Patreon, you know. Even though if I just have one supporter so far, I hope one day it, it helps grow the channel more. 
Well, it's, it's really like nice you, of your mom yeah. to support you like that. And um, sure, <laughs> sure, your sister and dad will eventually jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. all that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all that all that being said so so andy where where can we find you if we want to you know view your videos just social media whatever can you uh can you tell everybody where you can be found uh yes you can find the youtube channel it's called how to make everything you just search for that or it's uh youtube.com slash make everything tv um they're on social media uh, most of them are htm everything and very, uh, very cool yeah watch your stuff yeah. Oh, we too definitely will. Thanks. We watch all your videos. So, uh, so what? What about you, Max? Where Where can we find you? Uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, maxmaker uh, yt for YouTube, and you can also check out my Instagram. That is uh, max underscore maker underscore YouTube, where I post uh, my uh, the stuff I'm working on at the moment. Uh, and the best way to follow me, of course, is the Max Maker YouTube channel, where I do my build projects. And how about you, Jeremy? All right, so you can find me on Twitter at Jeremy S. Cook, or my YouTube channel is also Jeremy S. Cook. All right, yeah. I'm going to make something from scratch now. I'm going to make some uh, instant noodles, <laughs> some ramen. Oh, very, very good. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, that would be actually quite a task if from scratch, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Andy has been thinking about that, right? I haven't looked too much into it. I think I was just watching something about like a whole process of inventing instant noodles, and then there's like a special process they do to make it so that it turns out right and uh, it could be an interesting one to do, actually. Yeah, I, I think uh, they invented it because um, somebody wanted to solve the problem of uh, food shortage and he wanted to keep them fresh for longer. And that's how he uh, invented the ramen noodles because they store forever, basically. Hmm. Didn't know that. So there, there you, go. you go. All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it was really interesting talking to you and good luck with your channel. We wish you all the best and that your full-time employment plan actually works out. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, Andy. So if you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss out on the next one, please subscribe to us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. It's for free after all, and we have some really cool guests in store. Thanks, guys. <laughs>